Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Pod Street Bullies, the show that Matt Hoagland tells all his friends about. I'm Derek. And I am John. What's going on, everybody? Oh, it's a good day to be a Flyers fan. Am I right? Oh, it's a great day to be a Flyers fan, man. Oh, dude, between what happened on Saturday and what happened on Sunday, this is, man, this is better than I feel like a lot of us could have imagined. Oh yeah, I you know I was a little skeptical on what all of this would feel like, but after sitting watching today's game, I'm all about it, dude. Oh yeah, I think a lot of perception has changed. I think for the better, and honestly, without giving away too much of it, we're gonna curb that for now. But we do have a game to talk about, and the Boston game. John, would you like to preface this with a story from the week, like you typically do, or should we get right into this? No, we got to talk about something really quick. And it's not really a story, but we do have to talk about something. Okay. And you kind of brought him up already. Mm -hmm. But friend of the podcast, our boy Hoagie, okay, goes to a wedding. And to my knowledge, it was a friend of his. I'm not really sure, but Mm -hmm. I guess it was a casual wedding. You see the pictures of other people. They're like button downs. You know, if they're wearing shorts, they're like nice khaki shorts. Dude shows up to the wedding in like a maroon Carhartt shirt. It looked like black jeans. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I, I will. I, I will say, I showed up to a rehearsal dinner one time wearing jeans, but I had a polo on. Now I yeah. caught so much crap from my wife because she's like, "You don't show up to a rehearsal dinner in jeans," and we were uh, engaged at the time. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't get it. it it's it's a rehearsal dinner. Like, who cares? Right. But I get there. Right. Everyone's wearing khakis, dress slacks, button-ups, polos, whatever. And I'm like, well, look at this schmuck. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, whenever I show up underdressed or something, because I am i don't like to dress up at all. I'm the I same way. I hate shirts with collars. They're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I always got to Google whatever the term, like, business casual means before I dress up or anything. But if ever I feel underdressed i feel like ashamed of myself i almost look embarrassed this guy has the biggest grin on his face drinking his yingling he's like (laughs) loving it he's like yeah i'm wearing carhartt at a wedding (laughs) props to you hoagie but that takes better next time my friend (laughs) (laughs) it takes balls but yeah i think um we're gonna talk about how uh how to dress for weddings here eventually one of these days yeah all seasons coming up a bit (laughs) Right, we can do a whole episode Yes, but for the time being Guys, we need to talk about this Bruins game We need to talk about We need to just cover it all Because I, you know I don't want to There's so many things to talk about with it How, I guess To kind of surmise it all How impressed were you With the really just Complete performance by the Flyers today well, I was super impressed, and I think the first thing was my expectation was to view this a little bit more like a preseason game because the way that AV came across it, it seemed like he was going to experiment and they you know, weren't going to take it as seriously, but that didn't seem to be the case. So that was the first thing that really caught my attention. But what I really 
was impressed by the most was even when it wasn't really going their way, like in the beginning of the game, I think Boston really had control. The Flyers did enough to prevent anything big from happening. And then they were able to change it. It was like, okay, you know what, Boston, you have the momentum. You have the momentum. Okay, we're going to score a goal. Mm-hmm. All right, you continue to have a little bit of momentum. We're going to score another goal. Mm-hmm. Then Boston gets it, you know, cuts it the lead in half. What, three seconds later? Bang. Eight Joel seconds Myers. between goals. Wow. Yeah, it was just like they were playing kind of a chess match. Like, okay, you go ahead and exert yourself, and we're just going to do enough to make sure nothing happens, and then we're going to go and make our move. I think it's the perfect time to bring up the fact, like you said, chess match. Think about the checkers matches we played with Dave Haxtell. (laughs) Right. I mean, it is just night and day, because with Haxtell, no lead was safe, ever. It didn't matter if we were up four or five goals. Somehow that team found a way to get back into it. This team knows how to shut the door. And when they shut the door, they make sure it's shut and it's locked, the padlock. It's, man, I'm just completely impressed by the performance today against the best team in the NHL point-wise. And honestly, in my opinion, the most complete team in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, and they certainly had their struggles today. I mean, I think after they were down, I think after the first period, they kind of fell asleep. The third period, would they not get a shot on goal until... I think halfway through or something like that. I believe so. Um, But even in the Pittsburgh exhibition game, this Flyers team just looks like a team that is going to dictate the outcome. Like it's like they know what they need to do in order to win. And they are only going to let the opposition go so far before they put their foot on their throats. They're going to command these games. And that right there is why they're going to make a run. You know, right. I can sit here with my bias and say they're going to win the cup. Like we don't know that yet, and I'd be hellishly right. happy if they did. But if they do, that's going to be why they do it. Right? Exactly. It provides you confidence that we just haven't had before. There yeah. was so much skepticism that has been in the past. It's, it's not really there. And what another thing that I really enjoyed was, as I was watching the game, I knew we were recording tonight, so I was trying to come up with things that I noticed that I thought maybe needed some work because that's how I was viewing, viewing these exhibition games as like what needs to improve. And I felt like everything that came into my head was then negated at some point in the game. Like I was watching that Phil Myers, Travis Sanheim pairing mm-hmm. and I was going, ah, there's just a little, they reek a little bit too much of an experience in a defensive end. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that there, and I still think, you know, they give me a little bit of a worry when it comes to turnovers and kind of careless mistakes, but then they go ahead and play fantastic in the offensive side of things. Then I'm thinking, well, what about that bottom six? I'm a little nervous about the bottom six. You know, where's the scoring going to come from? Nate Thompson, Michael Roffel, Nate Thompson, (laughs) Scott, well, Scott Long's top six. Now it's my apologies. Right. Right. And that was my big, you know, struggle with it was should Scott Lawton really be on in the top six? Um, it. And yeah, yeah. What do you think of that? <coughs> like, what are your thoughts? Do you think that he should be on that second line wing, or do you think he, we need him as at center? I think he plays better at wing. I think last year he proved that. Um, not that he's bad at center, but playing him at right. center with the depth that we have slides him down the lineup and I think right now we're seeing the Scott Lawton that we wanted to see when we drafted him exactly. in the first round back in what was it 2012 oh, I believe um 2013 yeah, like yeah and I mean it feels like the guy's been with the team for ages but we're yep. finally seeing this guy blossom right in front of our eyes and yeah I I think the second line wing spot is his for the taking right now you know, Farabee's right. not in the lineup because Thompson's in the lineup. Thompson's much more suited for the fourth line than Farabee yep. is. So leave that go. That's fine. Now, depending on how the diagnosis is with Raffle, Raffle was in a little bit of a uh, a pinch with, yep. was it Lo- Lawson? I, I probably butchered his last I name. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, eh, we'll talk about that here in a second, too. I want to get your opinion on what happened there. But, um, you know, Lawton's great. I think right now... Every playoffs, the team that makes a run has one guy that's kind of an unexpected, unsung hero. Maybe not unsung hero, but an unexpected hero 
like the Max Talbots of the world. The Max Talbots last year, what was it? Um, Sammy Blaze or something. Pat Maroon. Oh, uh, they had Pat Maroon. Um, did I say Sam Maroon? Paul Maroon? What did I say? Just Maroon. Maroon. I think you just said Maroon. But okay. there's always one guy that you don't expect to go off, and he goes off. That could be Scott Lawton this year, and yeah, it wouldn't surprise definitely. me one bit. It'll surprise others, obviously, but because we follow the Flyers, we analyze the games, we see this. We see the success that he has, right. and we see how he can play up and down this lineup. He's now paired with better partners on the on that second line, so the offense is going to come. Right, you know, and I think what I'm getting is people are not necessarily against Lawton being on the second line. They're against the ripple effect so having grant be the 3c and thompson be the 4c i feel like it's a lot of the heat maps kind of people who you know are just against those kind of players it seemed to work today yeah you know i don't have a problem with it if it works you know and grant and thompson are both very capable they're not wild cards are they gonna give us a hat trick no but I just don't need them to. I just don't want them to screw up. No, and they're the safer bet. You know, you, you right. think about the only the only guy there's really a gripe with sitting out right now is Joel Farabee. And I get yep. it. But again, like you said, it's those heat map type people that want to see an optimized lineup, if you want to call it that. The thing is, there's no such thing as an optimized lineup. Your fourth right. line doesn't need to be scoring at a second line pace. Your fourth line needs to be able to wear down the top lines of the other team. You know, that's what the grinders are there for. So having a guy like Thompson there benefits the Flyers more in the long run. And with Farabee, what are you going to get from him in, you know, 12 minutes a night maybe, if that, on the fourth line? Well, part of the problem is, man, you just don't know what you're going to get, period. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a rookie, okay? He is not consistent, nor do I expect him to be. Yeah, but not many rookies are. Right. When you're talking about, you know, you only have so many games to move on to the next round, you really can't take that risk. You know, if you know what Nate Thompson's going to provide you, and they, that's your fourth <clears throat> line wear down the other team, which is especially very valuable in the playoffs, mm-hmm. to me, that's the option you go with unless Thompson just screws up but i just feel like it's the <laughs> safest bet at this point i'm personally fine with Farabee not playing i am too and now if raffles out for an extended period of time i think Farabee's is the guy that slots in yep but i what are they gonna do are they gonna put him on the fourth line are they gonna put him on the third line and move a guy like Derek grant down he Farabee can't play center so i mean who's gonna play center right. on that third line no i think they'll put him on the fourth <laughs> line because at this point, I think A.V. wants to limit his minutes. You know, this isn't the getting him playing experience time. This is winning the game time. So mm-hmm. if you shelter his minutes on the fourth line, you know, I'm the first one to tell you I don't think it's good for his development. But for the team to win, it's probably the best option at this point. You're right. Now, what is there a chance that they call up a guy like Andy Andrioff, uh, a, a guy better suited for the fourth line, like a Carson Torinsky or a Connor Butteman? Is that like, worth it? Or Torinsky not call can't. up, but... Well, Torinsky can't. No, he's he not, can't because he didn't right, go to the bubble. That's right, he's not on the bubble. Them. That's right. Okay, so about Andrioff, Bunneman, I believe they're right. still there. Is it worth slotting those guys into the lineup? Like, Andrioff has the experience. He's more like the Nate Thompson role as opposed to Joel Farabee. You know, yeah, what? I don't think you want too many Nate Thompsons. I would yeah. say either Farabee or Bunneman. You know, your fourth line has to have the, um, the ability at least – the slight ability to have some sort of spark. You know, you don't want it to just be a complete, you know, they're just a wall kind of thing. Um, yeah. You want the chance for production. Well, Nate Thompson kind of proved that he can put it in the back of the net too. Oh, yeah. But. And another point too I wanted to make with the Thompson goal, the Lawton goal, and the Myers goal, all three of those goals, those guys picked the corners. And or Raffle, you could yep. argue, it wasn't necessarily a corner, but that backhand, he shelved it. I mean, right over... Enough. Palak's left shoulder. Like the fact that the Flyers could just basically pick and choose their spots when firing on net just impressed the daylights out of me today. Right. Right. It was like they did their homework. Yeah, they knew the spots to go to. And yes, it's Yaroslav Halak, it's not Tuka Rask. So, you know, you take it with a bit of a great. Yaroslav Halak is not, you know, is not 
chase Jablonski. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> he, the guy, you know, could start on the majority of these teams. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, though, I mean, I was very impressed by that Myers goal. Just skating it in, having the two on one, and then instead of the pass first that we typically see, he wristed one on net and fired it past Halak. I mean, that was a missile. Yep, and that was the nail in the coffin. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was like, yeah, I mean, Boston. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Boston just scores. It's now one goal game. It's Boston. You know that they can come back. And then, oh, yeah. boom. That's exactly what you need. I love that killer instinct. Oh, it was phenomenal. I mean, and we want to talk about goalie play, obviously. You know, Halak, yes, four goals. You know, it's great to see that the Flyers got to him that early mm-hmm. now here's what i really want to talk about because i've been trying to hold off and contain my excitement but it's so <laughs> difficult carter hart allowed one goal on 35 shots against arguably the most dangerous team in the league now they also ended up with a few power play opportunities hart was compl- just lights out can he right. sustain this type of play not just through the round robin tournament, but through the playoffs as far as the Flyers go. You know, it's funny, and, and I am going to answer your question, but I'm going to kind of do it in a roundabout way. When we, I was watching the beginning of the game before anything got started, the anthems and all that, I they zoomed in on him, and he was kind of like going through his motions, and you know, I don't know if you saw him, he was like putting his glove hand out, yep. and and I in my head I was going, oh, he looks nervous. He looks nervous. It took maybe five, six shots for me to be like, nope, he's focused. He's honed in. Like that guy just, I don't know what it is, but once he gets in that zone, it's so hard for him to break that focus. And I think that, you know, with it being his first playoffs, he's now gained a little bit of confidence from this game that I think it is very possible for him to sustain it. At the same time, he's 21. It's also very possible that he loses it too. I mean, he could go out and have Um, a terrible game against Tampa Bay. And right. people, what are they going to say? Well, you take the good and the bad. You know, Elliot gets a start against right. Washington, then presumably. At, right. at this point, <clears throat> with that performance, I don't think Elliot can really do anything to take that spot away from him. No. No, I don't think so either. And the goal that he led up wasn't really on him. No. That Haig kind of missed the guy there. I think it was Albe Cubell that right. was there too and probably should have picked up because uh, Braun was playing in the corner. So it's a difficult yep. one, you know, it's just one guy unaccounted for, and those things happen. You know, one thing, and like, I was really pleased with Myers and Sanheim as the game went on, but I think that's the, still the one thing I'm really worried about. Outside of Provorov and Niskanen, I'm, I'm just not sold on this defense core. <laughs> really? You know, I, yeah, I don't know what it is that holds me back, but there are just so many times where... I just see bonehead plays that I think we've talked about it before. It's like they do all right, they do all right, and then there's that one thing that they do that could create a goal in the other the other way. Like Myers to me is just someone who that's been his season. He looks good, he looks good, and then he's like, dope. <laughs> and I, you know, there was less of that today, but for some reason it's just something I can't shake. I worry about those mistakes happening and you know us losing a game because of it. You're right, and I we were doing the live show, the live cast uh, for PSN on YouTube, and JVR turned the puck over right in front of Carter Hart, and I had no idea mm-hmm. at the time, but I saw the the uh, blade of his stick just launch into the uh, yeah. the would be crowd. So I'm like, okay, tough to blame the guy on that one because he couldn't clear it without a blade. So you know, right. well, Sandheim did one in the first period too. Where he just like gently, you know, shoots the puck across the boards and it goes right to a Bruin. Yeah. 
you know, in the offensive zone and that could easily turn into a goal, you know, and there's just those little mental lapses that are going to happen. But I worry about it with some of our defensemen. You also figure, you know, Mike Yo, Elaine Vino, they're going to let him hear about that. That's not going to be something yeah. where it's like, oh, the 4-1 win just made everything okay. Everything you guys screwed up today, don't worry about it. No. Right. Yo, Vino, whether you know, one of them, I believe Tarion works just with the forwards, so it would come from one of those two. That He's going to hear about that, and I think that's something that's right. good. I think he needs to hear about it, and you build from it. You make sure that it doesn't happen again. Uh, I have one more question about the D for you. Sure. So today, obviously, no ghost. Yeah. Do you need to see ghost? In the next game to kind of see who I would imagine it's going to be him or Haig, right? You know, here's the difficult part with that with a win like this and just basically coming out and dominating Boston, your philosophy for the round robin tournament kind of shifts. Whereas coming into this game, you're like, okay, if we win, great. If we lose, whatever, we want to evaluate what we have now. If the Flyers win one more game, realistically, they could end up with the number one seed, depending on how the other teams do. If they win one more game, they're guaranteed, I believe, at least the second seed. So the Flyers are putting themselves in contention for a higher seed, which is phenomenal. Great. Good on them. I don't know if I would want to mess with the chemistry of this team because you see it all the time throughout the regular season. You win a game, you don't mess with the lineup. You lose a game. Okay, you know, it's been three games with the same lineup and we've lost two of them. Let's tinker with it a little bit. You're down here, you're up there, so on and so forth. So, you know, maybe we see how the next game goes. Next game, I believe, is against Tampa, correct? I think the next game is against Washington. Okay, so the next game is against Washington. I think that's a good gauge because they see them all the time. I mean, the Flyers in Washington are very familiar foe. So, right. you know, roll with the lineup that you had today, Sunday being today, and see how that goes. If things right. need switched around and you see something that you're like, I don't like that, I want to see how this guy does. All right, put Ghost in right. instead of Haig or Braun or whoever it may be. You know, maybe Myers just has a horrendous game and Vino says, okay, Myers, this is your game to sit. We're going to see what Ghost can do. Right. Doubt that's yeah. what's going to happen, but. You know, I feel like if they. F- if they felt like they needed an offensive spark to, from the defense, okay, you go ghost. But I think there are enough offensive w- weapons on the blue line where it's like, you know, that Braun Haig pairing, that's just your, your D. Like, that's, that's fine. They don't yeah. really gain anything from ghost being in the lineup, in my opinion. There's more of a risk than there is a reward there at is. this point. I mean, you think about it. They have him locked up for the next two years, if I'm not mistaken, past this season. So, something like that. Yeah. So next year, Haig and Braun are both free agents. One of them right. presumably is going to walk, if not both. I doubt both. But, you know, maybe that opens up a spot for Ghost as a full time defenseman for the Flyers. And that's when uh, he can show. Trade his rear end. Well, that's the thing. If they don't trade him, then it's like maybe that's Ghost's redemption tour, if you want to call it that, and he can prove why he's worth the four and a half, four million dollars we're paying him right now to sit up in the press box and eat the same pretzels that I eat when I'm up there. But yeah, you know. So again, you've said it before earlier tonight. It's about winning right now. I think that with this game, it shifts your (coughs) excuse me. It shifts your philosophy. From let's evaluate the talent to let's go out and win these games and get that number one seed. Right. Especially with a streaky team like the Flyers. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can build the momentum going into the playoffs for them, you know, they're dangerous. Oh, for sure. You know, if they win all three of these games, I, I wouldn't want to face them if I were anybody. No, sir. You know, because when they get hot, man, they're hot. Oh, yeah. They, they looked phenomenal today. Um, this is not a team that I would ever take lightly. This is probably not a team that I would want to face at this point. Right. So, you know, we talked about the approach to this tournament now. Uh, you know, how sold were you on this being about evaluating the talent? Like, if you were to, if we were to talk before the Boston game, 
and you were yep. to tell me your approach, you're the head coach, how would you want to approach it? Like how how sold were you on your idea for the round robin tournament to begin with? So I I kind of mentioned this earlier. I 100% expected this to be just like another exhibition game. Like, yeah, there'd be energy, but both coaches would be trying different lines, getting some different people in different scenarios. Um, but it's not that. I mean, it took maybe you know 10 minutes for me to realize that that's not what this is going to be about. This is about winning the game. Um, and I think that even if Vino goes out and says, like, we're not 100% worried about winning, I don't really think that he would go in to the locker room and be like, hey, guys, I don't really care if you win this game, you know. And now that they've won, like you said, the focus is about winning. It's about taking the momentum that you gained in this and building off of it. It's yeah. like, all right, this is what the bar we've set. Now let's surpass it. And let's surpass it every game until we win the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. You know, you, I'm of the same mindset. I think that going into this game, it was going to be more about let's see what works. Let's see who the pairings are going to be. Let's see what the lines are going to look like. Now they've added a little bit of pressure moving forward because they've won this game. Now things get a little more serious. And it's serious to begin with, don't get me wrong, but... There's a little more at stake now because there's the opportunity to really move up from that fourth seed. Right. You know, and it's interesting, too, because as somebody who analyzes the game, right? Yep. I don't know how I want to say this. Somebody who analyzes the game, I want them to take this opportunity, these round-robin games, to work out all the kinks so they're fresh and they're ready to go. You know, deep down, I really don't care if they, they win all the games and they're seeding. Mm -hmm. um, as long as they're ready to play once the real playoffs start. But the fan in me, man, I don't know what it is, is really worried about having the number one seat. Because of how <clears throat> last year's playoffs went, you, we're going to talk about it a little bit more later, but how these playoffs seem to be going already, mm -hmm. I don't need to run into a hot underdog team that most likely wouldn't have been in the playoffs. Yeah, look at Chicago. Look at Montreal. These oh. teams were not playoff teams. No, not at all. And look what happened. And, and if they went around, right, if they went around now, to me, they're the most dangerous team in the playoffs because they've got nothing to lose. They're playing with house money. I don't necessarily want to face that. No, <laughs> but, God, no. You know, so it, it is really interesting that, I mean, the fan in me is like, I'd rather take the devil I know in like a Pittsburgh then go and play an underdog. I'm of the exact same mindset. 100% <clears throat> agree. Now, yeah. let's move on here. But before we move on... Let's move on. You heard it. The beers are clanking. And that beer, or seltzer, should I say, is the Black Cherry Lime Seltzer from Liquid Hero. Dude, again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Not a big seltzer guy. Never was. Uh, the hard seltzer, I should say. I do love black cherry lime. Like cherry limeade, yeah, stuff like that. Dude, oh my goodness. Yep. Hot days, this stuff was made for days like that. I mean, it is just... <clears throat> I'm surprised. It's refreshing. Yeah, I'm surprised that I can contain myself and not drink like eight of them just in one sitting. Because yeah. they're that good. And they're just... They go down so easy. And again, coming from Liquid Hero, 50 East North Street, downtown York. Stop by sometime. They are open. They've got food as well. Small place, but I'll tell you what. The beer that they have on tap in there is phenomenal. They're also available in bottle shops. John's about ready to chime in here, so I'm just going to let him take this one. Well, but I don't know the other part of it. They're between what and what I want to say? They are between <clears throat> Chambersburg... And east of the Susquehanna. Yes. Da, 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 da. I gotta find out some more words for that song. <laughs> Up north as well. You can find them. If you don't see them, always feel free to ask for them. They might be able to stock it in your favorite bottle shop, in your favorite uh, beer distributor. But regardless... Who the hell calls it a bottle shop? I've, I've seen bottle shops. It's, you know, the craft beer stuff. Uh, yeah, maybe like 1950... 
Oh, whatever. I don't know. There was one in downtown. Hey New York there, for a while. Skippy. You want to go down to the bottle shop and get us some suds? Well, I was go having ahead. fun with this plug. But no, uh, Liquid Hero, if you guys do decide to go in, if you talk to somebody from there, mention us. Let them know we're the reason why you went there. We're not the only reason because, let's be honest, the beer's so damn good. That's the reason why you're going there. Seltzers are good, too. Yeah. So great. check them out, Liquid Hero. They're on Twitter as well, Facebook, all the social media outlets. And now we move on. We're going to talk about some other playoff series. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba no purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Let's just go down the list. What happened yesterday and then into today. We've got some games currently in progress that we can touch on. But the first game, first official game of the playoffs this year, Carolina took on the New York Rangers yesterday, right around noon. Carolina ended up coming out on top 3-2. to two. Yep. One of those series where I think we both picked New York to win. Um, Did we? Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. You know, both goalies looked good. Uh, Lundquist was actually a, kind of a last-second decision there because I think it was... Uh, right. Was it Shesterkin was supposed to start? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then something happened. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Zibanejad had a great game. Mark Stahl had a goal... And then, you know, first of all, can we go back to the Lundquist thing? You, know, you see, people are like, now New York has a really hard decision to make. No, no, you don't. No, right? Absolutely Lundquist not. Lundquist looked good. He's your veteran. Like, I don't get what the debacle is behind that. It's you know, I understand he had the shaky season, and you have like four hundred good goalie prospects. Fantastic, lovely, not really, but um, <laughs> good for them. But he's who you go with. Yeah. That guy's the proven commodity. It's like the people in Pittsburgh that want to go with Yari over Murray. Like, oh, forget the right. fact that Murray just won you guys two Stanley Cups in the past four or five years. Like, screw off. You guys are idiots. Right. Yeah, got a lot of controversy. Did you see the Brady Shea hit? I did not see the Brady Shea hit. Oh, you got to look it up. Rough one. was a ranger. Right, he was a ranger, and he, like, lit into Jesper Foss. Like, I don't oh. like you. I don't like you. Yikes. It was a good one. But, dude, I being in New York, I have unfortunately have to watch the local broadcasts of both the Ranger game and the Islander games. <laughs> dude, the guy who does the Ranger games has the worst voice in all the land. And whenever there's a, um, a goal from the opposing team, his, his other dude is always like, well, I think that puck actually went off the skate of someone. Like, it, it's never a clean goal. It's excuses. Oh, they're brutal. I'd rather watch it on mute, to be honest, man. Well, I watched the mute. I watched the game today for the Flyers on mute because of the live show that we did, and I heard mm-hmm. everything on Twitter about just Mike Milbury. Apparently, was normal Mike Milbury being just a complete pos. Um, right. I didn't think it was that bad. I, I'm 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 sure it wasn't as bad as people are making it out to be. People tend to be a little melodramatic on Twitter, and you know, like the <laughs> a little bit hyperbolic <laughs> statements. But um, so anyway, yeah. I mean, Carolina looked good, and you know what, dude? I I'm changing my mind. I think Carolina's going to win this. I oh. they've got some weapons on that team, man. Don't renege. I'm reneging. Yeah, man, you're the worst. I type forgot of half the people. That's okay. I <laughs> I forgot how many trades they made. Like they've oh, got yeah. everybody. Brady Shea, Trochek came over. Um, right? I think somebody else too. I think you're right and, too. Um, who was that other guy that was on there? I think he was from Minnesota. Maybe I not. Couldn't tell you. Um, yep. 
remember. Sammy Vatman they picked up. Niederreiter. Yeah, You're thinking Niederreiter. Niederreiter, yeah. Yep, Edmondson came over from uh, St. Louis, but I think that Jesus. was uh, – they've got Jake Gardner as well. That was in the offseason. So they stocked yeah. up, and, I mean, it's showing now because they played pretty well against the dangerous New York team. Right. Next I mean, game, I don't trust Marazic. No, I never trusted him. And right. we, we know anyway. that all too well. <laughs> but next game that happened on Saturday afternoon was the Blackhawks-Oilers game. This – I want to say shocked me, and it did in the fact that Chicago just came roaring out of the gates. But yeah. it also didn't shock me because playoff Chicago is a different type of animal. Right. I mean, that's when you lean on your seasoned veterans, and they've got some great ones. You know, oh, I mean, God, Taze, yeah. Kane, Duncan Keith. I mean, they've all got three Stanley Cups. Corey Crawford is another one, you know. But I didn't think that they were going to do what they did to the Edmonton Oilers. And their rookie, Dominic Kubelik. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. The kid has He's not a... winning the call there, though. People need to calm down. Yeah, that that's what? Quinn Hughes? Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm going with for that, too, because sure. John knows the prospects. He knows the young guys. I just, I'm a follower. I'm a sheep. <laughs> but uh, impressive for Chicago. I'm a little underwhelmed by Edmonton. Uh, a buddy of mine who's a big Oilers fan said that they should have started Koskinen instead of Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. Are you shocked that they started Mike Smith over Koskinen? You know, to be fair, I I don't know enough about them. You know, the Western Conference seems it's tough to get in a lot of games of them. Um, yeah. I wasn't shocked because, to my knowledge, it's been a back and forth between those guys. And Mike Smith, as I remember, has always been a decent goaltender. Mm-hmm. I think he forgot how to handle the puck, though. He's always been one of the better ones to handle the puck, too. I know. And that, I yeah, know. yikes. I mean, now, I mean, his rear end has a goal now. That's cool. <laughs> that's true. He's one of, like, what, three or four goalies ever to have a goal, except this one was right. on his own team. Uh, yeah. To be fair, too, that Dylan Strome goal that uh, he bounced off of the back of Smith was pretty impressive. So I'll give that to him. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was, because that, that, was, was nice. that was on purpose. Yeah, that was that was very impressive. I'll give Strome that much. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think one thing that was a coaching mistake for Edmonton was you shouldn't have put Mike Smith in that in the second period. No. Like that's where you make the switch because you have to say to your team, like, all right, let's get our heads out of our collective rectums. Yeah, when it's four to one after the first, I think it's time for a change. Right. Yeah. So one nothing Blackhawks in that series. The next game that happened that day was the Islanders against the Panthers. <laughs> Yeah, you know these are going to be snooze fests. I mean, they play boring styles of hockey. Oh, Good God, man. It's a brutal. I mean, it's effective, but jeez Louise. I knew Matt Barzell was good, and I respected that. But, man, watching him play, because I don't watch him play very often, he is very impressive. Very impressive. I mean, the way he can yeah. move with that puck, the quick dekes, how he just has that puck on a string. Wow. Imagine if he played in an offensive system. Right? Put him on a team you like know, the Flyers. I, mean, I know. It, it's crazy. Like, it works for Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo. That's great. But I don't. I feel like Barzell, you don't necessarily maximize his uh, usage in their system because he could be putting up a lot more points than he has been. I think you're right, too. I mean, when's the last time the Islanders have really had somebody that finished, what, top 10 in the league in points? You know, it just doesn't happen. And, you know, they added a guy like Pajot. He's not that type of guy. He's not going to put up ridiculous. He did. He had a goal in the He had one of the goals. They're just not an offensive team. And it's weird because they do have some pretty decent offensive talent. They do. It's just not the focus of their team. He's pretty good, too. You know, it's... They're going to be a defensive team. Like, that's just how it's going to be, and that's the Trotz style of hockey. Right. But, man, I don't know if you could pay me to watch these games. Shoo. They're, they're brutal. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of entertaining watching Bobrovsky take, like, 400 shots in the first five minutes against them. Oh, um, he was the only reason they were in that game. Uh-huh. Because I think the shot count was something like 15 to 1. And he ended up or something ridiculous. facing 28 shots. So it didn't end up, you know, 
with the Islanders right. putting up a ton of shots in the second and the third. But regardless, you know, Bobrovsky, again, 26 saves on 28 shots. Not bad. But, right. man, when you're paying a guy $10 million to play goalie and yeah. get you to where you need to be, you know, these close games, that goalie needs to be able to take those games. Yeah, but, man, if you if you play that first period over – the Islanders could have easily had four or five goals. Like, you're, the rest of your team has to do something, too. Yeah, the defense in front of Bobrovsky needs to step up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to the last game of the day on Saturday. I should say night. And this was another great game. I enjoyed watching every games. second of it. Two more games. I'm sorry, two more games. I didn't watch the last game of the Me night. Me either. Because uh-uh. I was uh-uh. done. Yeah. Um, But the second-to-last game... The first overtime game of the playoffs, the Montreal Canadiens ended up besting our hated rival Pittsburgh Penguins, 3-2 to two in overtime. Yep. Jeff Petrie with the winner. I want to say that I'm shocked, but I'm not. I and am. I'll tell you why I'm not shocked here in a little bit. But okay, your opinion on this game here. It's a tough one for me to watch, man, because obviously I hate the Penguins, and there's never a team that will hate more than the Penguins. But outside of my division, I effing hate the Habs and everything they stand for. So this was just a game that I had – it was tough to even root for Montreal against Pittsburgh. Um, but I don't know, man. When you're the, when you're the bottom seed, right? Mm-hmm. And you light up a team like Chicago did. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But when you can take Pittsburgh into overtime and beat them, like that's a big statement. It's gutsy. You know, it's a yeah. It's just it's like okay, we didn't finish it in regulation. Here we go, and boom! I don't care if you're Sidney Crosby, Malkin, Murray, or every other chucklehead on that team. We just beat you, and we're going to do it again. Yeah, that's a huge confidence boost for Montreal. Oh, for sure. Um, breaking news, and I'm sure everybody will hear about it uh, by then, but I just got an update from, I think it's Adam Schefter, the Eagles head coach Doug Peterson has tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, man. That's unfortunate. I hope he's okay, yeah. obviously. You yeah, know. me too. I don't want to say anything else about it, but yeah. I hope he's Unfortunate better. news, but regardless, back to hockey. The one thing that stuck out to me with this was you see in the second period, 6.53 and Nick Suzuki, an unassisted goal, puts them up 2-0. Montreal's up 2-0. Yep. Then about three minutes later, Crosby scores midway through the second. And then not three minutes after that, Rust scores. It's like these two goal yep. leads just – Penguins have a knack for erasing deficits. And then it seemed like they just kind of coasted the rest of the way. Right. You know, and I think that's where – Montreal saw their opportunity. I feel like Montreal was the better team for most of that game. Yeah. They just they yeah. wanted it more. You could tell they wanted it more. I know. I mean, I think that especially when it's a five-game series and we're dealing with teams like Montreal, who I think was like a point ahead of Buffalo or something like that. Yep. They're the most dangerous teams in these things. Oh, yeah. Because they just beat. Sidney Crosby and the Penguins in a game no one expected them to win. Yep. I don't know if they can sustain it, but... No, I, I'll i tell you what it's going to hinge on. It's going to be Carey Price. And if right. he puts up another performance like he did Saturday night, the series is going to Montreal. No questions. <laughs> no, it's not. Staying it, in Toronto. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's staying in Toronto, but regardless. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Hey, I got a question for you, though. Of the two 12 seats who just beat their opponents, uh-huh. Chicago or Montreal, which one do you think is moving on? Chicago. pick one. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I think uh, Pittsburgh's always proven to be very resilient. I think they'll definitely right. bounce back from this. Uh, yep. It's still one of those things where, yes, I am hoping that Montreal can pull this off, but this leads me into my point that I was talking about a minute or two ago. If you're into conspiracy theories, folks, I've got one for you. And it's a popular one. The Penguins will lose this series. And when they lose this series and they hold the draft lottery, the Penguins will get the number one pick. I probably am not the first person to call that, but I will stake my claim. Gary is on the phone right now and like, 
Pittsburgh and Edmonton both can't lose. You can only have one. What am I going to do if they both lose? I can't give the pick to both of them. I actually just got a text from uh, a, a Canadian number, and he said, stop recording now. <laughs> this is some next level FBI type of stuff. But no, I, you know, again, that's my worst nightmare if that happens. I right. would be so effing mad. But whatever. Hey, uh, you know what? This is what I'm saying about all that. I'd rather Pittsburgh, the Rangers, the Islanders, I'd rather them get Alexis Lafreniere than win the Stanley Cup. True. And that's how I'm, I'm taking all of this right now. I'll Burn the hand versus two in the bush. In the I still don't get that saying. A bird in the hand all. is better than two in the bush because you've got one in your hand and you don't have the two uh, in the bush. It depends on whose bush you're talking about. Hey, you. Next one. Next game. <laughs> Last game of Saturday night, the late game between Winnipeg and Calgary. This game was dominated by Calgary. Calgary took it 4-1. to one. There was a very controversial <sighs> hit, yep. if you want to call it that. Um, Matt Kachuk took uh, Shifley <laughs> into the boards. And... I shouldn't say took him into the boards, but they were going into the boards around the same time. What's right. your take on this? I know you've seen the hit. I know you know yep. this could be a pretty rough injury for Mark Shifley, whether the NHL is going to tell us or not. God knows. Right. Um, right. What's your take, man? Like, what is that a bad hit? Is that a clean hit? Is it just this stuff happens? So if it's not Matthew Kachuk and the reputation that he brings – I don't think we're calling it an intentional dirty hit, you know, but he's known to be a bit of an intentional dirty player. So I can see why people kind of go that route, but I've watched it numerous times and I try to put myself in the mind of like, okay, where's the malicious intent here? And I just don't see it. I just think it was a caught in the moment, you know, could it have been prevented? Yeah, I guess so. But, I really don't think this was a malicious hit. I mean, after the fact, if you watch when they're trying to get Shifley off the ice, Kachuk, like, goes up to him and, like, apologizes and says he hopes he's okay. You know, you don't do that if you're headhunting, in my opinion. Now, did you see the fight that he partook in later? And, like, when he started the fight, he literally just threw his gloves off and he's like, all right, we're going to do this. You know, he just had that look in his face like, I knew this was coming. I knew you guys were going to do this. Come on. Right. Like, I, right. I can at least respect that because he knows he's going to answer for it regardless of the intent or not. I'm with you on the intent. I don't think that it was malicious. I really don't think Kachuk meant to injure Shifley, whether he had a hand in it or not. Um, right. But the fact of the matter is you're that close to the guy that just hurt himself going into the boards. You're going to answer for it. That's how right. hockey works. You know, it could have been yeah. anybody and that person was going to have to answer the bell. I mean, what I happened to see Paul Marie Reese's comments about the hit mm-hmm. before I saw the hit. Yeah. And I was expecting more when I actually watched it because of Maurice's comments. Yeah. Yo, who are you texting, man? You're like... The Slack chat is blowing up right now and it's pissing me off. You better throw that phone up against the wall then. If I do, I wake up my kid. My wife kills me. Pod Street Bullies is no more, so... Rethink that All right. one. <laughs> yeah, I'll just find someone else. They just need to be a tech savvy. This will be the death of PSB. <laughs> no, Paul so, Reese, yeah. I feel like, overreacted a little bit, if I'm remembering his statement correctly. Yeah, I mean, that it was intentional yeah. and, you know, a dirty hit and all that. You know, mm-hmm. and I get it. He's standing up for his player, and he just, I mean, it's just one of his best players. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I just, it didn't fit the hit for me no it didn't i'm with you on that i think that that's kind of you know it's a bang bang play it's not like the laws and hit on raffle today where you clearly see his foot pushing raffle's foot from behind it was one of those things where it's just kind of if you want to call it this wrong place wrong time for kachuk see i don't even think that the laws and why do how do you say his name lousen 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 we'd have to ask our buddy mark already i also think that that was just the tangle up too i it, i really 
you could argue that. I didn't see that one as malicious either. Now, Vino called it a slew foot, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it's necessarily a slew foot because there needs to be that kicking motion. Right. I didn't see that, but I did see Lawson's left foot kind of riding Raffle's right foot into the boards. Right. Um, you know, it, it's just so hard to tell with that stuff, man. It is, and I'm not here to throw an accusation out. You know, I, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Uh, it looked dirty, Lawson. I'm coming for you. <laughs> but <laughs> in all seriousness, you know, it, bang bang plays like that happen all the time, and right. just it, it's a shame that injuries come of it. Now, let's move on to some of the games today. And by today, I mean, really, we touched on the Flyers game. There's two games going yep. on currently. St. Louis and Colorado are tied right now halfway through the third at one. And the Blue Jackets and the Maple Leafs are tied at zero towards the end of the first. St. Louis, Colorado. I expected something like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen any of the games, so I don't really have anything to say about either of these because we're talking right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, I expected that, too. I'll tell you what I didn't expect, though. Mm-hmm. Arizona? I didn't. That's, why I mean, is they that almost not... coughed it up at the end. That's showing. Okay, that's at the bottom of my uh, feed here. I'm sorry. No. That's okay. They were up 4-1, to one and they won 4-3. to three. So, yeah, I was impressed. I'm a little upset Nashville lost because I've got a soft spot for Nashville. Yeah, me too. But... You know, we talked about it before on prior podcasts where if Arizona's on, they're on, and I feel like they're more dangerous than when Nashville's on. Nashville's been very spotty all year and inconsistent. But it's interesting, too, because it's a team where, like, they were winning and they almost lost. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that takes that takes a little bit of that momentum away. You know, it's not it like does. Montreal where they were then able to come back and – well, not come back, but win it in overtime. Like, yeah. Arizona just almost lost. Nashville also did start UC Soros instead of Pecorine. So, I mean, I don't know what that says. I, are they going to go back to is Rene? Rene? Is Rene hurt or anything? I, I don't know. Not I mean, to my knowledge. He might be. Right. I'm not sure. Um, but, I mean, is this something where if Rene is healthy, are you going to switch back to him for game two? Uh, I would, personally. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to go with the experience here. And Rene's you, taken him to a Stanley Cup final. Yeah, so I mean, he's a, been a great goal thunder. Absolutely, that. you know he's coming towards he's the end of his career. Yes, right. so you know, let him have that one last push. Right now, games have been recapped. We've got the Minnesota Wild and the Vancouver Canucks. By the time most of you are listening to this, that game will be over. We're not even going to touch on it because, I mean, well, prediction: who you think is going to win? Who cares? Know. Vancouver, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to go Minnesota just for argument's sake. There you go. Now, these games. We've watched a couple yep. of them now. We've seen... I've watched a couple from Edmonton. I've watched a couple from Toronto. Are you underwhelmed? Are you impressed? What's your general feeling of the way these games are being presented to the public right now? I absolutely love it. I mean, of course I'm going to want fans in the stands when they're, you know... But that's the world we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. I think the NHL has done a really good job presentation-wise to make this look like an event. You know, you look at baseball, and it's like they've got these cardboard cutouts in like this one place, but the rest of it is just this empty, empty building. And it just looks sad. I like what the NHL has done, putting tarps all – I don't know if they're tarps, but you know what I'm talking about, those covers over the seats. And they've got the big, you know – different team logos up in the conference it it just looks like it's supposed to be that way i don't think i don't think that the crowd noise is a problem at all no i Um, love the crowd noise it would be weird to not have it and i don't think it's overwhelming at all and i think that anybody who thinks it's overwhelming is a moron it's done very well i think it's kept at a good level i think it's you know not one of those things where it's like you said overwhelming it's subtle and it's there and you know what's there. And it's just for TV, right? Like, they don't hear it. I believe so. I, I, I think it'd be weird to hear crowd noise right. as a player. So, yeah, I don't think that there's a problem with it at all. I, I think it's all been really well done. The only My only gripe is clearly the referees have missed doing their job because, <laughs> Jesus, 
all the penalties. I mean, I think the New York Ranger Carolina game had something like 15 penalties. Oh, it's unreal. Now, they did take Everything. a stand today, too, with the Lawton, uh, and there was a scrum, and they just literally booted mm-hmm. him out, gave him misconducts. I think they're trying to cut down on the scrums and the fights because of what's going on and the right, circumstances, right. which makes complete sense. But I feel like down the road, especially for those seven-game series, you're going to run into those much more often. And how are you going to justify kicking a guy out for 10 minutes like every single game? Right. You know? Yeah. I so I mean, and the hockey right now is a little bit more sloppy, so I get it. You know, you got people who are slow and they're chopping a little bit more. So I get those penalties, but, geez, I, I feel like every time I turn on the game, I turn on the game, someone's on a power play. Yeah. I mean, even today with the Flyers and the Bruins, you know, the game last night with Montreal and Pittsburgh, I saw a lot of penalties called on yep. Montreal shocker i hate to jump back but that philadelphia flyer uh, penalty kill Mm -hmm. oh boy yeah boy yeah Yeah. boy (laughs) it looks so good killed off three penalties today hey our buddy bobby haig playing the penalty kill i love it love it he played really well but, but um i don't know is there anything else that you have to say about it have you been happy with it too i have i think like you said considering the circumstances and taking into account what's going on and the fact that nobody can be there, you know, it looks great. The presentation is phenomenal. I think, like you said, it makes it look like it's supposed to be right without the fans. You put tarps over it so people don't see empty seats. You get distracted by empty seats. Now, if you're the Florida Panthers, you're not distracted by empty seats, but that's a different story. Exactly. Right, you know, so it's nice to see. I love those big boards on each side of the bench where you have the Flyers, you have the Bruins, so on and so forth. Like that's cool. You see the logos, even something down to as simple as the goal horns. You know, I like hearing that because that's if there's no goal horn when someone scores, that's not hockey to me. It sounds terrible. So it's like that's fun. I I love it. I think it's they're really out of all the professional sport leagues i think the nhl is doing it the best i agree i'm i haven't watched any nba so i don't know how they've that's been looking but uh, i agree with you it it's it's perfect it's the best it could be you're right it is great and yep that's all i've got to say about that (laughs) that's all i gotta say too man it's i'm pumped this has just been great Mm -hmm. you know i just need my damn kid to show up so i can focus on the hockey aspect back to life You're right here i need my kid to sit still for three hours so we can watch the damn game with me <laughs> reagan was about it today i was surprised oh, good she, man she had her claude Giroux jersey on every time they scored she'd high five everybody nice that's my girl <laughs> yeah i can you know dude sidebar real quick i'm sorry to do this but reagan my daughter today she i had to prevent her from ripping off her clothes so many times. She just wanted to take off her pants and run around like crazy. And I've realized that my second daughter is going to be an angel. She's going to be the one where it's like, Lainey, we want you home by 9 o'clock, and she's home by 6.30. <laughs> Reagan's going to get home at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm only going to know she's home because I go to check the front door and she's passed out on the stoop. <laughs> I'm going to be in for it with this kid, man. Listen, I know we've only been friends for a little bit now, but I feel like I know enough about you to tell you this. That's not going to be the case. They're both going to be passed out on the stoop together. And that's the way you're going to know that they're home. With me. (laughs) With you. And your wife is going to come out and just be like, what the hell? (laughs) That's probably going to be selling me, so I don't really have much room to talk. There you go. So without that room to talk, I'm going to pass it over to you. Please let everybody listening right now know, if they don't already, where they can find us. So you can find us on Twitter at PodSTBullies. You can find this lovely podcast on your various podcasts receiving receptacles. Receiving receptacles. God damn it. A little bit redundant. Uh, like <laughs> A little bit. That's okay. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, um, Podbean. I don't know if that's actually one. Anchor. Uh, Anchor. That, yep, that one. Anchor. We should probably find the time to talk more about Anchor in one of these shows. We'll get that. And my favorite, of course, 
pod muncher. Mm-hmm. If Any you deals? want the ultra, it, you know, not this week. They said uh, the hell with you guys. Piss me off. No deals this week. But uh, if well, you want the ultra explicit, funneled in sound effects version of this show, that's where you go, pod muncher. And that's all I got to say to you. All right. Well, then to cap things off, I'm Derek. You can find me at Pod Street Bob on Twitter. John, you can find him at John P. Gove, I believe. Correct? Yeah, yep. Yep. Back to the, yep. the boring old John P. Gove. But uh, we make the Pod Street Bullies. And this yep. has been episode whatever. Who cares? Anyways, I'll leave you like I've always left you with a Let's Go Flyers. Bye now. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.